and welcome to another episode of Untraditionally Traditional, a podcast with me, Brittany Duncan, a millennial homemaker. Join me each week as I share all the things I've learned that make keeping your home, garden, and life running smoothly all while working. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so you get the episodes downloaded straight to you every Monday. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, friends. I think at this point, 11 episodes in, we can call each other friends. Life is so good right now. You may or may not know this, but I record these episodes in advance because life can get crazy and like my cleaning tasks, I like to have my podcast brainstorming and recording time scheduled so I don't get overwhelmed. And that means that I am recording this episode after nearly two weeks of having baby chicks. Uh, It also means that I am right now recording during a thunderstorm because this is the time that I've blocked out to do some podcast recording. So if you hear big claps of thunder in the background, that's what that's about, or Sage panting, that's what that's about because she doesn't love the thunderstorms. And we've been getting some crazy rainstorms in Boise. Uh, The garden is loving it and I'm not having to use our irrigation, which is great, but it is messing up my podcast recording. So If you hear that background noise, that's what that's about. Anywho, yes, we've had our baby chicks for two weeks and they are the sweetest, most darling little fluff balls and I am totally in love with them all. Over the last two weeks, they've started developing little personalities and each day they get bigger and bigger and get more real feathers in and they're starting to flap their wings more and um, also hop uh, more. We have a heating plate that is elevated and they're getting on top of that and so I'm thinking that the brooder box that we made for their first six to eight weeks of life may need a roof addition to keep them in pretty soon but they're all healthy and happy and gaining weight and eating even our disabled chick Henrietta after about a week into having Henrietta we noticed that her beak didn't seem to align properly and After some research and consulting my chicken guru, we decided that Henrietta has what is known as cross beak or scissor beak, where instead of the top and the bottom of her beak aligning on top of one another, one grows to the right and the other grows to the left. Some chicks get cross beak severely, while others are only slightly misaligned, so time will tell what the case with Henrietta will be, but... The good news is that a lot of times hens adapt and learn a scooping technique for eating their food and go on to live healthy, happy little chicken lives. So, so far Henrietta has been self-feeding 100% and consistently gains weight at an average pace, which is amazing. Uh, Their daily routine is a lot of eating and scratching and pruning their feathers and then sleeping and Every day I've been taking Henrietta in the morning and putting her on our kitchen scale and getting her weight and she weighs between 7 to 10 grams more every single morning. So I'm really happy about that and hoping that she continues to um, put on weight on herself and be able to self-feed. But I'm also just so excited for all of them to be old enough to explore the backyard and get scraps from the garden. I can tell they're, you know, starting to want to be more explorative and get out of their brooder box so only a few more weeks until they can go see their beautiful coop that Johnson made them and um, that we painted together and and did all the things for so I can't wait to get them out there Um, 
and also yeah just be able to give them our composting scraps it's driving me crazy putting our scraps into our city compost which I'm really glad that Boise has a city compost but I'd so much rather be giving my chicken not my chicken scraps my kitchen scraps to the chickens um but anyway speaking of gardens this episode is gonna be about gardening on a budget and the reel that's going around with the audio along the lines of you think your wife is expensive because she likes shoes and shopping you better pray she never finds gardening or farm animals has a lot of truth to it for something as fundamental as growing fruits and vegetables it can add up if you're not careful and over the years I've picked up some tricks that help save a dollar here and there and make it all possible first tip is that I want you to start small and this one comes with a disclaimer that it's hard when one decides to garden and grow produce typically they dive headfirst into it if you listen to the episode with Katie Batazzo called keeping your front yard fresh you heard us talk about how gardeners fail over and over and it's part of the beautiful process that said you can limit your failure and dead plants if you start small and build upon your success year after year. The first year I decided to grow a container garden, I had two pots of tomatoes and a pot of mint. I could keep my focus and energy on keeping the tomatoes watered, pruned, and pest-free, and they were the most beautiful and delicious tomatoes. The next year, I added banana peppers, shishito peppers, and a few more herbs. The year after that, my third year, I added beets and carrots and Swiss chard to the mix, and so on. If you come out of the gate wanting to grow everything, you're setting yourself up for failure. Each thing you plant has its own set of guidelines that make it happy and allow it to thrive. For example, blueberries need acidic soil. Peas need cooler weather and shade. Peppers and tomatoes love heat and should not be planted before your last frost date, opposed to peas, which should be. Taking the time to learn the ins and outs of what you plant before you add in other plants helps you to build your gardening education. Soon, you'll be tending to your tomatoes on autopilot and spending more time focused on the tips for maybe successful squash growing. There are also levels to your education and a new level you might want to dabble in is starting your own seeds. This by far is the most affordable way to garden. An individual plant may be two to six dollars, but you can buy a whole packet of seeds to use this season and for years to come for three dollars or so. I started some things from seed this year to try out. Two florals, okra and tomatillos, and knock on wood, they are all thriving. I grew them up from seed, let them get strong indoors, hardened them off, and then transplanted them into our garden beds after the last frost date, and so far so good. So next year, now that I have this knowledge base to build on, I will try to grow more things from seed. Another way that you can save money growing from seed is to sell your starts. Plant extra of whatever you're planting, and then once it's warm enough outside that people are getting the itch to garden, Set your starts out for a few dollars. Johnson and I were walking sage the other night, and one of our neighbors had absolutely gorgeous tomato and pepper starts for sale. And even though I needed another pepper and tomato plant like I needed a hole in the head, I bought some. She had an easy sign with her Venmo QR code, and it couldn't have been simpler. 
Gardeners just can't pass up a beautiful plant sale when they see one, and supporting our fellow gardeners feels good. So if you feel like you've got seed planting down and you want to offset some of those costs, I recommend, yeah, growing some extra and then setting them out for sale and making back some money that you can then put back into your garden. Building out your garden can be another area you save money. There are endless materials you can use for planters and creating raised beds, all at a variety of price points. Same with soil and the compost you use and landscaping materials. The price you pay does not always equate to the quality you receive. You can make your own garden beds, reinforce for added strength out of salvaged wood for a low cost. I've seen people use concrete, old logs, deconstructed pallets and picket fencing. In fact, Johnson and I will be building some more raised beds out of some unpainted picket fence panels that our neighbor was giving away for free. When it comes to soil, you can pay a small fortune or you can buy in bulk and have it delivered to your property via truck at a lower cost. We use this method for landscaping rock and it was great. We were able to have much more rock delivered for the same price we would have paid buying individual bags from Lowe's or Home Hardware. For soil and compost, we bought Cowgirl Compost, which is a bagged topsoil and compost from Lowe's. And uh, so far, it's done great. This Cowgirl Compost is very affordable. We bought um, one cubic foot bags. The topsoil was about $2.50, and the compost was about $1.50. And they were based out of Boise, Idaho. So, of course, I love being able to source locally, even with my soil. Um, so this was the exception where, you know, we ended up buying bag soil. It makes it a little bit easier to transport as well. But if you have the space to have soil dumped, that's probably going to be your most cost-effective option. Irrigation is another area for huge cost savings. Uh, For us, in fact, we saved $2,000, which I'm really proud of. And we really wanted drip lines in our beds so that we could go away for camping trips and vacations without worrying that our garden would be roasted by the summer sun. And so we we decided, yep, we're going to go ahead and get drip lines installed. Got the quote for $2,300 to run drip lines to our garden beds. And pretty quickly, those uh, dreams of having, you know, irrigation to my garden beds were, were crushed. But then being the do-it-yourselfer that I am, turned to YouTube. I found an amazing tutorial from Garden Answer, which I'll link in the show notes, and ordered, uh, I think it was like just under $300 worth of supplies all in all. And in a half day's work, Johnson and I had drip lines to our five raised beds. I still actually have more than materials. It probably would have been $200 if I was just going to do those five beds, but I have more materials to do a couple beds in the front yard, and that's why I ended up getting more material. Um, And I know time is money and that many of us don't have a ton of time, but if you can, I encourage you to evaluate a project and decide if it's something you can do yourself you know, have some confidence in yourself because a lot of things you can do yourself or you can at least attempt to do so and bring in professionals later if it becomes too much. But the pride you'll gain from solving your own project and knowing exactly how this system works because you built it is invaluable and the money you save is huge. So Johnson and I with this house have tried to do a lot of things ourselves and every time we've been really glad that we have. Yes, it takes more of our time, but Many things we'll do together and looking at the finished product after we're finished is 
just brings us a ton of joy and pride. So highly recommend that. Lastly, when it comes to saving money and adding garden character to a space, I combine gardening with one of my favorite hobbies, which is thrifting or antiquing. And Boise is booming with affordable antique and thrift shops, and many of our garden pieces have come from these shops. Uh, Unique trellis systems, hanging baskets, bird baths, etc. And the quality is better than whatever I would have found at Lowe's or Home Depot for the same cost, if not less. Uh, It also helps your garden be more sustainable because rather than buying something new that is probably produced overseas, you are using something old and bringing new life to it. And by adding these unique pieces to your garden, it becomes a -a one-of-a-kind reflection of yourself and your personal style, which is really fun. So, you know, you don't have to have this garden that looks like everybody else's garden. When you walk around garage sales or antique shops or you know, these junkyards, flea markets, and you see something that speaks to you, maybe it's, you know, an old rusty piece that can be outside, grab it for your garden. Gardening can be really expensive or inexpensive depending on how you go about it. Start small, make purchases consciously, evaluate if there's a less expensive way to complete the task without sacrificing quality, and decide what features are most important to you. Whatever you decide to spend money on for your garden, it will be worth it. It is the most enjoyable hobby that promotes a healthy lifestyle. You will notice the sun, the rain, the wind, and be thankful for them all. You will learn to love insects because 90% of the ones we find in our gardens help it. Pollinators will hold a special place in your heart. Your table will be stocked with fresh produce or beautiful flowers, and your soul will smile because of it. If the cost of starting a garden is holding you back, I hope this episode helps you to realize that there are many ways to start build and maintain a garden space without spending much so until next week happy gardening everyone if you find a cool piece um, when you're out shopping and and want to share it with me I'd love to see it or a little garden tour please send me a video I would love to see it and you know I I love picking up inspiration from other people's gardens and, and seeing what they have done with salvage materials or setup or irrigation so Tag me at untraditionally traditional pod or uh, send me a DM with your garden pictures and I would love to see it. Until next week, happy gardening, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Untraditionally Traditional. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with those special people who would love it too and write a review. For more tips and photos of my home and garden, follow untraditionally traditional pod on Instagram. Until next week, let's continue to make our homes places of joy and service to ourselves and those we share them with.